love this week's show. Show? But now, before I ask each of these boys to whisper their secret, let me say that I know that long after I have retired and I look back on this show, the memory of this secret will always be one of the brightest ones in my whole entire time. Oh, have we got secrets? I'll tell them that much. Welcome to the Recruitment Whisperers. Well, not their footage yet. everybody, welcome to episode 276 of Not The Footy Show. It's a new year, but it's the same old Rob Cox and Warwick Nicholson, unfortunately. You did not get the trade-ins that you so richly deserved after 275 episodes. Cox Smith, it's nice to have you back on board. Yeah, I feel ripped off, mate. We didn't get the, uh, you know, the big surprise, the new hosts over Christmas or anything like that. Right. So We're in deep the... discussions with at least three or four media organisations, but um, I wasn't willing to... Uh, grow the hair out and get the long, the mane going. So, unfortunately, yep. um, we had to say no to, to yeah, all those places. Uh, it's episode mm. 276, mate. It's Recruitment Whisperers season recap or off-season recap, we'll call it. It's the episode seven mm. of that. We haven't spoken since just before the World Cup final. Australia, yep. unsurprisingly, gave Samara touching up in the uh, decider. And what's happened since... November is, well, quite frankly, a lot because a lot of the big dominoes have fallen in terms of players uh, who are coming off contract in the 2023, Cocksmith. Uh, which of the signings, and there's a few of them, uh, surprised you the most over the last month? Well, none of the re-signings surprised me. Hmm. Um, look, I, I, you know, getting Bateman across the line, Although he does have form for leaving clubs in oh, the middle like of a long term deal, four years. Come on, you'll yeah. see every you'll see, he, see every single one of them. He will not play in twenty twenty seven. Um, uh, not not for the Tigers anyway. Uh, yeah, look, I, I think Bateman. I think Bateman is probably the big difference maker as well, as long mm. as he brings the same energy to the Tigers as he brought to Canberra. As long as he's still got that that drive and and passion to do it, um, you know, which can dis- dissipate with age, but. Yeah, I think Bateman was mine. What about yours? Dylan Brown sticking with Para probably surprised me that he did it that soon. I thought. Oh, he did that on that eighteen-year contract. (laughs) It's a it's a classic long-term, short-term deal. So he signed (laughs) an eight-year deal apparently that's only really through the end of twenty twenty-five. So the player option he has is to twenty thirty-one. And what I guess surprised me the most is that Parramatta just went, "Well, we'll give you lots of money now." And then you can pretty much say to us, well, stuff that contract. I want twice as much as of 2026. They've really just said, you know, write your own check. And what surprised me more about that is it hasn't really given them long-term stability with him. And it's probably going to cost them Mitchell Moses. So, yeah. Yeah, look, I... I've I've got a little. I mean, I know we we haven't really jumped into this podcast yet, but I've got a little bit of something that I, that I want to get off my chest about Ooh. Parramatta. Go for it. And and I think they're playing the good game at the moment, but I hope they don't get sucked into a price war with Mitchell Moses. And I'll tell you why. I have been on this podcast in recent times, and I told you that I thought Mitchell Moses was, you know, probably in the top 
probably in the top four halfbacks in the comp. Yeah, you had him number two last time we spoke. Yeah, and and I think you know I think it kind of but the the problem is the problem for Mitchell and the thing that Parramatta got to remember is that if they didn't make the grand final last year, mm-hmm. let's pretend for one moment they didn't, would they pay Mitchell Moses one point three million dollars or yeah. for one point four? No, they wouldn't. Now, just because they made the grand final, Parramatta got pumped in the grand final last year. Yeah. Mitchell Moses made no difference in a big game. Surprise, surprise. So why would you reward a grand final appearance when you got so convincingly beaten in that grand final by Penrith? I think... I don't know what they've got coming up through their juniors, but before they get into a price war trying to hold on to Moses, who who isn't getting any younger. I know he's no. not quite he's, old yet. He's, he's, he's not, 28, isn't he? Roughly. He's 28. So he's probably got I'll probably got quite literally probably got three good years left in him. Um I don't know if he's the he's Cooper 29, 29 this year, so he'll be 28 at the start of the season. I don't know if he's the Cooper Cronk style player that will really, really blossom in the, in his last couple of years um, and be great throughout his career. So it, I'd, if I was Parramatta, I'd say, listen, we can afford, call, call whatever number, 1 million, yep. 1.1, and stop there. Don't get into a bidding war because it'll affect you going forward. You know, um, it'd be nice to hold on to him for another two or three years if you can. But other than that, you've got to know where to to draw the line with him. Yeah. Dylan Brown is a different, little bit of a different story, you know, because Dylan's quite young. Um, I think, <laughs> like you just mentioned, I think when they when they signed Dylan Brown to that however many year contract it is, but it's really only two. Yeah. Um, it's probably given them some, probably given them a little bit of security, a little bit of hope that they can entice other players to go there to play with Dylan uh, if they need to, uh, to use him as a pawn like that. Um, but yeah, look, I, I, I like them. I like paramedic holding on to Dylan Brown. I think it's mm. good for them. Um, I'm just not sure they need to get into a bidding war with any other clubs to try and hold on to Mitchell Moses. thing to remember is that Dylan Brown turns 23 this year. Moses turns 29 and Gutherson turns 29. So that, that gap between those, you know, three key pet players, it's significant. So that's why I was surprised that the deal didn't lock him in long-term so that they knew this is what he was going to be on further on. Mind you, we know how contracts work. If he wasn't happy after two years, he just would have settled on a new one. Uh, yeah. But, yeah, it's it's just a fascinating uh, situation with Parry. They've pretty much said you can have whatever you want. That said, I do rate him extremely highly, so I get it. Mm. Uh, that was Parramatta's big move. South Sydney, they brought back the uh, half of the old people's home and Latrell Mitchell. So Cody Walker re-ups for... Until the end of 2025, he turns, uh, he's already turned 33. And Damien Cook re-up for another couple of years. He turns 32 this year. Latrell, on the other hand, turns 26. Souths have, have got so perilously close the last few years and just haven't been good enough right at the end. This was this last um, final series was the first one Latrell's actually been on the field in September. Are you happy with him re-upping for four years and pretty much saying that this could be my last contract? I didn't love that message that he sent out, if I'm a South man. Yeah, Luttrell's one of those guys, isn't he? He, he? 
he's he evokes emotions within people um, and opinions. Um, like I've said before, I think Latrell, I think Latrell could do anything in football that he wanted to do if he really wanted to do it. Uh, I'm I'm happy for South that he's resigned. I, I, yeah. I don't think that they can look. I still don't think he's a fullback. You know, I'm going to say that till I'm blue in the face. Don't think he's a fullback. Um, you know, but I think I think South Sydney need Latrell Mitchell to to get to where they want to go. Um, I'm not entirely sure they need a 33 or 34 year old Cody Walker. 33 this year, um, Cody Walker. Okay, uh, I think they need to free up a little bit of. You know, when I say free up, I mean give some opportunities to some younger guys that have been there for a little while, like guys like Blake Taff, who really well, wasn't where does he last play? Year. Where does he play now? Look, I either see him as a six or a one, um, you know, but mm. both of those positions have been taken up with the aforementioned <laughs> yeah. uh, Mitchell and, and Walker. So, yeah, I, I'm not too sure. He's not going to be a seven if uh, – um, what's his name? Um, Ilias. What's his name? Ilias, if Ilias is there, um, and they don't need a nine, so Blake Taff may find himself on the market pretty soon if he wants to play regular first grade football. Yeah, um, and it'll probably be good for him to leave um, because he should be playing for regular first grade football. From what I've seen of him, um, I don't think playing second fiddle in the early prime of your career is a very smart move. Um, yeah, look, I do like I do like the fact that Mitchell's staying there, and I think it's yeah. good for South. What are your thoughts? These moves, surprise isn't the word. I find it interesting that South were willing to spend big money on 32-year-old Damian Cook and 33-year-old Cody Walker when they weren't willing to spend that on Adam Reynolds 12 months ago. <laughs> yeah, well. Because, uh, yeah. Uh, they got Peter Mamazoulis, I think, it's the young hooker coming through. Taff was a there either fullback or five eight. They've got Ilias coming through. It's it's just an interesting message that it sort of sends, which was, oh yeah, we're going to get rid of our gun halfback and still try and win a comp. And then it's like, oh no, we can't leave our thirty three year old five eight and thirty two year old hooker to leave again because we're going to try. It's I don't know. I, to me, it just seemed like just why wouldn't you mm. keep Reynolds? Surely mm, you can mm. cut corners elsewhere if you had to, yeah, uh, and have gone all out for it this last season, especially when you didn't have Mitchell for those two playoff campaigns, like beforehand. Mm. I, I don't know. I get it with South; they got to they got to show that they're always going for the title. I think Russell Crowe's pretty adamant on that front. Uh, I don't think yep. he's going to be happy with a rebuild. I know they did win one comp under his watch, but I'm sure he's pining for number two. Uh, yeah, Mitchell, he'll get what he wants. And just for the sake of South, I hope he wants to play for those four years. That's my biggest takeaway yeah. from that. Yeah. You hope he doesn't, you know, change his mind, mm. so to speak. Um, you know, he's still uh, – look, good luck to South. Um, I like it when South are playing well. Um, and, uh, you know, they're exciting to watch when, they, when they're when they all on song. Um, they're an exciting team to watch. Um but I still think um, I still think that they'd be better served playing playing Mitchell in the centres. Um, mm. and, and yeah, maybe Taff or whoever else is around. There's, there's certainly got other juniors around, but yeah, 
We'll see. What else we got? Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll go back to the Bateman one because I want to ask a question about that in a second. But there are two other signings that were of um, fair fair impact. Uh, Sam Walker re-signed with the Roosters for two more years, the end of 2025. Now, he signed a big deal, didn't he, to sign with the Roosters in the first place. So what's fascinating to me would be what he actually got to re-up with them. Uh, they're usually pretty um, smart with the way they work their salary cap there at um, Bondi. So my guess would be he's probably slightly under market value, which which would be what for Sam Walker, you reckon? What would be market value for Sam Walker? If he went to the market, what do you reckon he'd get? Yeah. I reckon he'd get seven or 800 grand. So what do you think he's actually on at the Roosters then? Six? Probably 100, 100 grand less than that. Probably six. I reckon he, I, six, I, I look at it and go, yeah, 1.2, 1.3 over two years would be my guess he got to stay with them with the promise that when I, the Kiri money runs, is yeah. stopped being paid, he'll get paid by most of that. I can't help thinking, and I could be wrong, I could be completely off the mark, but I can't help thinking that that Sam Walker is biding his time to get back to Brisbane. I can't help but thinking that that, that we're in the next couple of years we're going to see Sam Walker north of the border again. So I just feel Walker it. and Walsh combo when Reynolds moves on and that money becomes available. Yeah, or, or you know what, it could even be it could even be at um, um, the Dolphins. Love a good whisper. That's what this show. Well, is I mean, well, when you think about it, Sullivan is a short-term solution. He's not a long-term. Dude, I really like you know, him because he's a good. I player. do too. I, I really do too. I think he's a good player. I think I think Penrith. I think that Penrith squad made him look maybe slightly better than he is. Um, yeah, but if you're going to say you that, know, and I know you're on the lines of that, but don't you want him playing amongst the best players to be the best player? He oh, can totally. When he joins the totally, and and you know what? I don't. I don't think. I, I don't think he was out of place mm. playing in that company no. at all. Uh, I, I just wonder if he can play that same kind of football without the same company. Yeah. And and th- that could be argued with anyone. You know, we, we often see journeymen playing uh, above and beyond what you thought they could with when they're surrounded with better players. But I would see that maybe someone like Sam Walker could be a, a six-year prospect at, at, at the plus, Broncos yeah. or yeah, yeah. or um, the Dolphins. So, you know, it's, he's somebody that you could probably build a team around. He's your... Nathan Cleary style. Oh, 100%. Blow. The, the fascinating thing about the O'Sullivan, you mentioned Damp, he'd been at a poor side. He actually started off at the Chooks and played a couple of yeah. pretty good games there. Mm. If the mind is working, which is always a challenge in 2023, uh, did he get, get rid of to the Titans so that they could sign Kyle Flanagan? Was that the, was that the trade-off that the Roosters made? Because they got yeah, rid of they got rid of Mitchell Pierce, who went to the yep. um, uh, what do you call it? That's right. Knights. He went. He went to the Knights. Yeah. They signed Flanagan, and I I have a feeling, and I'd have to check it, but I have a feeling that that O'Sullivan was pretty much sacrificed up to the Titans because they brought in Flanagan. Didn't he go to the Warriors? I think he went to the Warriors after he was at the Titans. After, right? Okay, he went, he you went could Roosters, be right. Titans, Warriors, yeah. Panthers. You could be right, mate. Um, Look, I, I feel for him because he's always been the second choice mm. um, halfback, and and he hasn't really been given too many opportunities to to you know extend beyond that. Um, but you know what? I, I think for at least the next two years, that Dolphins team is going to be his team, and um, 
it, it, the position will probably be his to lose now. I'm, rather I'm than... prepared to say it's the best signing Wayne Bennett's made. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, I, I personally didn't mind the Bromwich brothers either. Um, as far as starting a club goes, I, I think they were pretty good signings, and and also Kafusi. They're all getting a little long in the tooth, but yeah, I, Sullivan's probably. I'm excited to see how Sullivan goes. Actually, mm. up there. Uh, um, speaking of the Dolphins, they really need a fullback, Cocksmith. Do you think they could start? <laughs> do you class Milf as a fullback? Yeah, because he's played there a bit before. How many fullbacks do you reckon they've got with NRL experience on the roster right I think, now? I think they've got five. Am I right? Yeah. So they've got poor old Jermaine Asako, who was signed as the fullback of the future, as like one of the first signings. He'll be lucky if he makes the wing. They've got Milford, who really could end up at fullback because if O'Sullivan's at halfback and they give that Isaiah Katoa from Penrith, who played really well for Tonga, a gig in first grade, then the only place that Milford can play is fullback. They signed mm. Cody Nikarima, again, a utility player who play, has played time at fullback. He'll probably end up in the hooking rotation. And then Hamaso Tabai Fidahel signs from the Cowboys mm. because he can't get a gig at fullback at the up there at North Queensland ahead of Drinkwater. And about 10 mm. minutes later, Bennett goes, hey, Tessie New, come over and play for us. So they've got Asako, Milford, HDF, Nikarima, and New at fullback. Uh, uh, tell me, entertain me here. Edric Lee signed with them, didn't he? Yep. He'll be on hasn't one he played a Hasn't he played a little bit of fullback uh, too? No. He's centre or, or wing. I think he's okay. fullback. But Branko right. Lee's the other centre, and they've got Gildart. They've got, they got some... They got some depth to a degree up there at the um at the Dolphins, but especially at fullback, where <laughs> I don't even know Tessie New will be playing first grade. I don't think he's a better prospect at one than Tabo Fido. I think he's. I'd be playing him at the start of the year there. Yeah, uh, yeah, plenty of fullbacks up there, mate. Um, I'm 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 not I'm not all that uh, I'm not all that. Happy with their best seventeen that people keep sprouting. I don't. I, I think it's a very, uh, for the most part, a, a second class backline. Well, it's, um, it's and it's an, depth with an aging the problem. They've got a lot of aging forward pack. Yeah, yeah. So I, I don't. I don't have great hopes for uh, for the Dolphins, mate. I don't think they'll be swimming too far or fast. In um, uh, who's your fullback of that of that five? Who would you play at fullback? Oh, it'd have to be Hammer, I would have thought. Um, although although the Hammer has played a bit of centre as well, and he's not a bad centre. That's um, going to be the downfall for him. He'll end up... Because he'll a little, end up... A little bit... Yeah. yeah. If, if, you've, if you've got the choice to play, with all due respect, Branko Lee uh, or Hammer in the centres, uh, I'm, I'm guessing who I'm taking. Um, uh, and it's Queensland, not, Origin Branko. Series, Victor. Sorry. Yeah, and there'll be one side of the field. It'll be Branko and Edric on one side. Queensland or Debra. The cousins. That's it. Uh, they are cousins. Did you know that? What? Yeah. What do you do with Milford then? Because if O'Sullivan's your halfback, and you're going to give is Katoa just going to have to bide his time to start the year? I think so. A beginning. I mean, the, the, look. The, any the problem playing Milford fullback is that you'll you'll come up against teams that are smart, and they'll just bomb him, and and they'll, you know, like. He'll be. He'll have no hope. He'll. He'll have zero hope. He'll be. It'll be like he'll break out in hives thinking about it. You know, either him or Nikarima, and we've seen what Nikarima does at fullback. Uh, um, Neil, 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 Neil will be the other guy. Like I, I, yeah. 
yeah, anyway. I think Katoa is going to have to Katoa is going to have to wait for the first six rounds um, to see how Milf comes out of the blocks. And yeah. if he if he does all right, Katoa might have to bide his time for another year. He's only very young. Yeah. A so, we'll uh, couple other signings around the comp since Christmas or around Christmas. Corey Allen, another Queensland yeah. fullback who won a series, has joined the Roosters. Smart business from Trent Robinson. Get a player, can yeah, play I, wing, centre, fullback. I think Corey Allen was pretty underutilised and, and maybe a bit out of luck at the Bulldogs because I think he was probably a um, a player that should have done better. He was all right at South when he came from South. He, you know, Part of what was I think okay. you, you mentioned earlier with O'Sullivan playing at Penrith, sometimes around the right players you can... You can look yep. the part, and then when you end up having to be the guy and you're not quite at that level, you sort of yep. get exposed. Uh, yep. Danny Levi is the big off-season signing for Canberra. Mm. I got four hookers down there. Um, will he play first? Guy? How many How many clubs has Danny Levi played for now? We've got Canberra. Canberra, Brisbane, We've got Manly, Newcastle. Newcastle. Hold on. Canberra, Brisbane, Manly, Newcastle, Warriors. Yeah. I don't think so. I think it's those four. Let me just check it for you. On the old Sorry, mate. project. Sorry. I thought he played for the Warriors. I don't think so. I thought he had five jerseys. Newcastle, Manly, Brisbane are the three teams he played first grade for. Newcastle, Cam- Manly, Brisbane, now Canberra. And Canberra is the one. He um Okay. He played overseas last year in Huddersfield. Okay. But he came through as the next, you know, the next Danny Badiris at um, the Knights. Right. Because, I, I I mean, I've got to be honest with you, I'm fascinated and I love a five-jersey player. <laughs> I do like it. I do like a, a Harlequin-style jersey. Nice. You know? yeah. Yeah. Another one that uh, you- is in that category is Farmanu Brown. Uh, Gus has pretty much confirmed he's in the top 30, even though NRL.com still hasn't come to the party on that front. I like mm-hmm. this. I like this addition. I think he's the kind of guy you just need around a squad that can fill in a few positions. And I think it's an upgrade on your yeah, Brandon Wakeham, your Bailey Biondiodo, uh, and a real threat to poor old um, Kyle Flanagan if things don't go well at halfback. Mm. I don't know. If, I don't know if Kyle will be losing much sleep over Brown playing half. But. Um... So who's he played for before? He's had Tigers, Sharks. Tigers, Sharks, I think, are the two. He was at, he was in the he was playing for North Sydney, so he was in the Rooster system before he swapped to the Tigers last year. So yeah. he's on the verge. It's that Harlequin jersey. Yeah. yeah, we need we need some more five jersey players, mate. Um, I might have another one for you. Uh and we're gonna cover it in the next pod. We're gonna do a deep dive in the dragons. But uh Ben Murdoch Masilla. There's another one. Okay. Retreads. We will, we will hold back the because uh, he's your big name signing at the Dragons. So I'll hold back that. I want to talk about one more move uh, by a club, and that's the Knights. They got rid of Chad Randall, uh, Chris Randall. Sorry, yep. the hooker yeah, to the Titans for Greg Marzu. Um, don't mind this from either side really. Although the Titans did pick up Sam Verrill, so there's not really a walk up start for Randall at first grade. But Marzu is it? One of those wingers that the numbers on the stats page look really good at the end of every match. And then you watch the game and you go, he's kind of that borderline first grade kind of player. He can do some okay things, but he's the the numbers on the page look more impressive than the product for mine. 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, oh, look, I, I again, go, go into stats. When you, when you base everything off stats without watching the game, it's very difficult, isn't it? Because mm. you think, mm-hmm. oh, he's, he killed it, this guy. Oh, he must 21 have a great runs, game. 200 metres, what a player. Yeah. And then you and then you watch the watch the replay and you're trying to find where he is. Where is this bloke? Or they're deliberately <laughs> kicking to him because they know that that's the bat poor side of uh, maybe it's the weak side. The, yeah, yeah. Of, of the Titans. So so we, look, yeah. It'd be interesting to see if he and uh, Dumb Young are the uh, wingers in round one. There were two other signings for Newcastle. This is what I wanted to finish on in regards to the recruitment. Mm. Uh, they signed two Englishmen, Kai Pierce, Paul, yep. and Will Price. For 2024. Yeah. It's a bold move from Aaron O'Brien because it's pretty much saying to the Knights, well, you got to stick Did you just call him Aaron O'Brien? Uh, is it Adam O'Brien? Aaron O'Brien? It's Aaron O'Brien was it's a Adam. player for the It's Adam, mate. Um, <laughs> AOV. Uh, but he's pretty much said to him, you've got to, you've got to keep me around for another 12 months because I've just spent all our salary cap on two players you haven't seen play yet. It's a brilliant move from uh, the Supercoach. Yeah. Well, look. I, Newcastle, t- and they've never fascinated me before, except when the Johns brothers played there. Yeah. Um, Newcastle are a team that fascinates me this year because there, there's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. One of the big ones that's going on for me is Ponga playing six. Yep. This is a desperation move from from Coach O'Brien. Yep. This is an all or nothing move. Uh, you know, Ponga doesn't have a great tackling style. Okay, mm-hmm. Ponga, uh, Ponga, Ponga has Ponga. been known. Ponga, 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 Ponga has been known to to have a little bit of a glass jaw when it comes to mm-hmm. getting knocked out. Now he's going to be defending in the front line, but but Adam O'Brien needs him there for his attacking prowess, which he has got. Uh, he'll be on the left side, so he'll be mm-hmm. on the right side of the field. Um, as far as sorry, he'll be on the le- left side of attack right side for the defensive team. I can't help but think and I can't help but thinking that that you know teams like I'm not sure what side of the field the the Bulldogs are going to play kick out, mm-hmm. but I can't help but thinking that he'll when kick out sees edge again. Will he? Okay. Yeah, because you'll play outside when some, Burton. He'll play outside Burton. When someone that's playing on the right side of the field sees Ponga, looks up and sees Ponga trying to tackle them. It's going to be really interesting. And I, I've i got I've got a, a really horrible feeling that Ponga's going to get a couple of head knocks again and be out for a while, um, you know, and then that's going to open up the door for his mate, Kurt Mann, to come into the team and play six. And I'm going to be bold. I'm, I'm going to be bold as brass here, mate, and say that Adam O'Brien's the first coach fired. In Even 2023. He's got these two superstar Englishmen no, coming out, both half. Not going to save him. Anyway. Not going to save him. Uh, I think we're actually one's half. I think Will Price is a half, and I'm not sure what Kai Pierce Paul is, but it's to to look this far out signing players from overseas. It's just it it, it seems like it's sort of like a a way of ensuring that you're around. And to, to your point, I don't think moving Kalen Pomo to six is the best move because if the whole argument is he's going to get the ball in his hands more, why can't he do that fullback? What's, what's stopping he certainly, what's he stopping certainly him? can just play in the line a little bit more. Yeah, I mean, how many times? How many times a game does Tedesco get his hands on the ball? Correct. He doesn't need to play six. Yeah, playing through the middle. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one. Uh, that's all the signings. Recruitment whispers seven's pretty much finished. I wanted to talk about one coaching move. 
Mick Ennis, mate. Gun yes. for hire. He's already yes. He's already jumped off the Parramatta gravy train. Uh, yep. He's going to oversee pathways and development at the Sharks because he lives down there. I think it's just basically a convenience thing for him. Uh, mm-hmm. So he's trans. He's traded driving down the Hume Highway to Canberra to then driving to Kellyville, uh, which yep. I would I would admit I wouldn't really want to be driving from the Shire to Kellyville every day. So I Punish. get why he's moved on there. And yep. now he's at the Sharkies. There is an upside here, and it's not got anything to do with Cronulla's pathway development. It means that every time Ennis commentates a Parramatta game, it might be listenable now because he's no longer invested in how great he's made that team. Uh, so there is an upside here, people. The only downside is that Cronulla games might be less exciting. You don't. Uh, you just don't like him. You don't well, like him. You don't like him because of what he did years ago in Canberra when he did give him the Viking clap. That annoyed you. I didn't like it him. May have even, it may have even made you. You know why I didn't like bit. him? Because New South Wales thought he was yeah. a better option than Robbie Farrow for that level. And he was just not. He was. And in, and in my opinion, they were correct. No, they weren't. They lost every game with, uh, with every series with Ennis inside. So. Robbie Farrow was never going to do any better, mate. He was over He here. did. He, we won a series with him, Hooker. Who knew that happened? Stats. Uh, and finally, the new rules that came in. Sorry, Foxsmith, they're not new rules. I can't. I, I'm sorry. I, I, I have to take that back. I, I haven't been reading from the PR playbook. Hold on. The, the NRL oh, did not. new rules. No, 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 no. They're not new. They're not. Mate, they're not. Stop okay. using that word. Because every club mm-hmm. that had to post the same article from NRL.com were explicitly mm. instructed, do not use the words new. Or if you're going to say okay. new, say that there's no new rules. So, so is like the word is amendments. the key word is the key word rules or amendments that we're talking? Amendments, and okay. changes to the guidelines and all that kind of stuff. We went through it before right. we started the pod. People probably have heard most of them. There are a couple of good ones, uh, and there's just an interesting way of interpreting a few others. The the restriction or the reduction of uh, the amount of HIAs you have to have to activate eighth man has come from three to two. I like that. Mm-hmm makes no sense to me is that we knew that after about three minutes of that rule that you needed to have it only be two and the NRL didn't change it on the fly, which they really should have. But that's changed. Uh, now grounding the ball is going to be even more um, questionable because they're now saying that if the ball somewhat stays near your arm to get grounded, it's okay. So I think we're going to see even worse uh, see, uh, time taken. Yeah, I, it's going to take longer from make a decision now. I get your I get your opinion on that, right? Um, but I've got a different opinion, and that is, it's always been weird for me that a player must control the ball at all times while crossing the line and putting the ball down for it to be a try. When, if there's a kick in goal, all the player's got to do is touch it. He's never he doesn't control mm. it. How can you can control a ball that's spinning on the ground? You can't. That in my mind, mate, it should be a plain, a plain and simple rule. And it looks like that's the way that the NRL are going, sorry, an amendment to the rule, which as long as you don't drop the ball, as long as the ball does not separate from your arm or your body, it's a try. Whether you got control or not should be neither here nor there. Um, you know, I, I think as long as the arm, an arm, a, a part of the arm is still touching the ball and there's been no separation, try Let's move on. the The problem yeah. that we get, the problem that we get with these with these video referee tries, or the ones that get really controversial, are the ones that take a long time. That's my. They issue. need to make them. They need to make a decision, whether it be the right decision or the wrong decision. They need to make a decision in a very short amount of time and take all the heat 
out of the controversy because when they spend two and a half minutes looking at it and still make the wrong decision, then that's people my, that's think... That's always my frustration. That's what worries me about this. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but what concerns me is that by saying, oh, no, that all the ball has to do is stay in contact as opposed to being in control, does that create more doubt in the video referee's mind about I, what is actually being held onto and what isn't than what well, I just think last year? I just think it makes it a little more cut and dried. Was there separation? Okay. No, try. Okay. And I, I just think, want to see him and I think they, speed. That's a, yeah, I know. I think they should have an internal clock that nobody gets to see, but I think that they should be trying to get these things done no, in about they're 20 op- seconds. They're, this is the hilarious part. They actually are operating that because what they have to do at the end, or they, they haven't done it for a while, actually. This is interesting because it's taking longer. But they would come out at the start of every season and say, well, video referee decisions were on average 33 seconds. Like that number is sitting over the top of every decision maker at the NRL. They want to get that down. That's That's the... The long and the short of it. So I'm sure that that is internally very much they're very much aware of how long things take, but they no longer tell yeah. the world um, how right. long it is. The only other one which was of interest is there'll now be a penalty given rather than a six again for the blatant uh, offside and leaving the scrum earlies from defending your own line, which should have happened the moment that that started happening. <laughs> this is where the NRL's got to show some um, flexibility and some authority. And what bugged me about it was, yes, that's the right decision. So now I think two-point penalty goals are back in vogue. But why wouldn't Annesley... I've got a theory. Why, why do you think Annesley wouldn't tell everybody that sin bins are now in play if you keep doing it, given it's now a penalty? I've no idea. Oh, he's afraid I'm, of the I've coaches. Thought about he's afraid of the coaches. Right. Because yeah. if, they, if they have an opportunity to drag him across the coals, they certainly will. Mm. So now, instead of getting on the front foot and saying, well, we know you've been doing this forever, which is what they're effectively saying in by turning it into a penalty, just get out and say, well, if you keep doing it, we'll, we'll send you the bin. Tell them now. Don't tell them halfway through the season and say, oh, it's been happening a little bit too often. We really like players to stop. Yeah, please. Because the... You know, the, yeah. go on, go on, finish anyway, The last part of that is that in saying all that, they've now said that if you hold the ball in the scrum, you can get penalised. So right. we're gonna we're we're basically admitted that we can tell whether you're holding the ball in deliberately, but we can't mm. tell whether you're deliberately giving away a penalty in front of your post. Yeah, but but what what happens in the first minute of a game? There's a scrum, and it's down on another team's line, and the attacking team's got the ball, the feed, and they hold the ball in the scrum to try and draw the team offside. That's what that's they're saying. They're saying that's now a penalty. But that's always been a ploy. Correct. They're saying that's now that is now more enforceable than calling a penalty and sending someone to the simian is basically what they've admitted. They, they, they have declared that they can now see into the mentality of the player holding the ball in the scrum better mm. than whether a player deliberately races up and gives away a penalty, which is what they've been doing for the last two years. Anyway. You know, uh, that, that, that uh, hopefully they clean it up. But the, the one that still sticks in my mind, or the one that annoys me every time we see a very, very close game, is the offsides from the play the ball in a in a in a golden point situation or a or even a, a, a death a sudden death situation where you're coming down the teams it's 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 21 20 and there's 30 seconds to go and the other team's trying to draw up even and the the defending team will just run offside for, at each play the ball every every play mm-hmm. and the referee won't have the the balls to blow a penalty, he just won't do it. He just puts the 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 thing in his pocket, the whistle in his pocket, yep. and won't blow it through fear of of 
oh, no, if I blow this penalty, I might give him two points and then they'll win. And this is where I get back on Annesley's back. He's too afraid of the coaches coming back and saying, we can't do that. That's how football's been played for years. And you, Well, we keep getting told we need a more flowing game is what the, the words they were using. Um, mm. Then you need to crack down on that. That's episode 276 of Not The Footy Show, the Recruitment Whisperers wrap, I guess, of all the moves this offseason. Just as we finish, Cocksmith, are you expecting any other moves really before now and the start of the season in March? I think there will be. I just, I just wonder. I, I can't tell you who it's going to be, hmm. um, but I think there will be some little movements in and around. Um, I, I don't think there'll be any big ones. Though. I mean, unless you've got something that you've no, been I seeing think, on I think for we've a while. Seen them. I think we've seen the, the big ones at the moment, and um, unless you count Michael Ennis to the Cronulla. No, we won't move. talk. We won't talk about coaching maneuvers yet. Uh, <laughs> let's get to round six and see how the. Um, we, we hey, we're talking, about, talking, the, about, we're talking about the dragons in the next pod. We'll be talking about coaching straight away. So, does he even make round one? Griffin's biscuits. We shall see. Uh, that's been Rob Cox. I'm Warwick Nicholson. We will speak to you on episode two seventy seven, which will be our deep dive into the dragons. We're not going to do every team, but we have to do the dragons, don't we, Coxman? Yeah, well, we've got to we've got to go for the cellar dwellers and the big movers and shakers, mate. So. We'll see where the dragons end up. All right, take us out, mate. Pepsi. Not the footy show. Show? You've been sleeping over there. Pepsi.